has changed. It's no longer about nations, ideologies, or ethnicity. It's an endless series of proxy battles fought by mercenaries and machines. War and its consumption of life has become a well-oiled machine. War has changed. ID tag soldiers carry ID tag weapons, use ID tag gear. Nanomachines inside their bodies enhance and regulate their abilities. Genetic control, information control, emotion control, battlefield control. Everything is monitored and kept under control. War has changed. The age of deterrence has become the age of control. All in the name of averting catastrophe from weapons of mass destruction. And he who controls the battlefield controls history. War has changed. Intense. Hey, you heard that, right? It wasn't just playing no sound. Yeah, yeah, I heard that. Good, yeah, good. Yeah, that was uh, Metal Gear Solid 4. I was like 13 years old playing that game. And, bro, it is trippy. It goes into, like, all these conspiracies and whatnot and the new age of warfare. But I thought it was interesting because it really reminded me about uh, the proxy wars that have been happening mm -hmm. since the Cold War mm -hmm. with Russia and the mm -hmm. USA. And you can say now what's going on in uh, Ukraine is similar. But um, exactly. I thought it was a cool little intro. I mean, shit, this is the first time I've been live on the Bold Perceptions, you know, using the stream yard. And you got to start it off right. T-Bob, what have you Let's been up to, bro? I haven't talked to you for a while. It's been a while. It's been a while. Yeah, man. Uh, when we connected when I was back in Mexico last, right? Yeah, you were chilling in Tulum. So. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, man, I've been back in Texas for the past, since February 1st. So yeah, just here handling some biz back in the states. Uh, it's been been nice to be back, to be honest. But uh, probably gonna hit the skies again within the next month or so. But we'll see. Yeah, try to go out there to towards your area, but you guys started acting up again on that side of the world. So I might hold out for a while. But yeah. We'll see. Yeah. One thing I was gonna bring up to you, dude, because I just got. Um, I've been using. The American Express card, because you get no foreign transaction fees, you know, when you're traveling. Mm -hmm. But some countries exactly. don't take it at all. You have to get a, a Visa or a MasterCard. And the Visa card I had didn't have the foreign transaction fees. So a good tip for anyone listening that wants to travel, make sure you have a Visa or MasterCard with no foreign transaction fees. And things will, it will save you ridiculous amounts of money. Like just now, um, I get paid in uh schlauti but it's based on a flat rate of four schlautis per dollar you know and um the schlauti went up 20 percent here because of the war the currency so if i use my credit card you know that has no foreign transaction fees i get the the one dollar is five schlauti instead of what i get paid is one dollar four schlauti so just a tip for anyone out there like get your credit card get it uh no foreign transaction fees what do you think t-bob so it went up 20%, not down 20% against the dollar. The dollar gained 
Twenty percent on the Schlotti. Oh, dollar gain, twenty percent. Oh, okay. I thought you said Schlotti gain. So I was like, hold up, how did that happen? But okay, makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's what's up, though, man. Um, you use Amer. So. I honestly haven't had any uh, trouble with uh, American Express anywhere. That's that's interesting. Obviously, I think from from uh, obviously from business to business, some might accept it, some might not. I haven't ever experienced like entire countries, but that's that's good to know. That's a good tip. I guess uh, in Italy, it barely got accepted anywhere because you know American Express, you get um, better deals it's for more the, expensive. the user. Yeah, it's more expensive for the person. Uh, the store owner, sure. right? They take whatever they're yeah, cut yeah. and whatnot. But um, mm -hmm. yeah, just to travel to for people, get that foreign transaction fee card. Bring a yeah. couple credit cards. You lose one, some get fraud. I had a fraud one in Brazil, just to be uh, Gucci. Three. Three minimum. Three minimum. I lost two last time I was in Mexico, and I had one left. So <laughs> three minimum for sure. But uh, T-Bob, no, the reason I really wanted you to come on here and do this with me is because obviously I'm on the Polish border. So I've been seeing what the hell has been happening, you know, on the ground level, but also because, you know, you're a world traveler and you were actually recently in Ukraine. So you were you were looking at investment properties. No. Yeah. So I was back in Ukraine back in November. I've been there a total of two times, probably spent a total of three months there. And uh, yeah, I was there looking at some property. Obviously, back in my mind, the whole Russian threat was always in my head. But me, typically, when I when I try to invest, I try to I weigh the options. But then again, I don't let fear mongering stop me from investing because sometimes that's your best bet. It's when everybody else is scared. That's usually when you should invest. So that was very attractive to me. But obviously, it was a end up being a good move uh, because I've I've actually followed some guys on YouTube right now who've invested in Ukraine within the past year and now they've pretty much lost everything. So it's a good decision, but then again, I'm not gonna let that prevent the way I think in the future. But Ukraine honestly has always been one of my favorite countries because of the people. Um, the people there are very tough, very, very tough. Um, if you see the way people move there versus anywhere else in like Western Europe, us etc it's it's very different right they they never put the the stuff over their face like they they always like you know they're very authentic real they're not gonna smile it's not very warm but they're real and it's authentic and i take that um like i really like that in general so always like the country very free you, nobody's messing with you nobody's there telling you what to do uh it's it's just like you don't mess with anybody they won't mess with you so i really like that country um the people have been very receptive to me as an American in general, uh, I've went out on, let's say, whatever dates of whatever, and people have always said they like um, the support they've been getting from the US. So they, it, so pretty much they, they kind of treated me well, probably because of that as well. So great country. Uh, I could see myself, well, before this all happened, I definitely could see myself living there because of just the freedom aspect of it and just the location relative to the Europe. But other than that, um, it's it's unfortunate to see what's happened. I've been in contact with some people there. Uh, mostly everybody I know have gotten out since then. But it's it's devastating. It's devastating to know you were just in a place a couple months ago, and now it's pretty much being torn apart. So. Yeah. Okay. A lot there. A lot there. Um, you brought up some of those those travel influencers. I know that bald and bankrupt 
just got out of uh, Ukraine at the last minute. Uh, Johnny D, whatever his name is, he just bought some property yeah, yeah, yeah. you were talking about. Exactly. And um, that Coach Red Pill guy who is getting like hunted down by Ukrainians. Because, like, look, you're in an active war zone. You can't do propaganda or say your side of the, the story from an active war zone. You know what I mean? Like, I kind of I, I give him respect for the balls he has to, to do this because it's reckless. But um, it is interesting. Like, the, this travel space that me and you are kind of in, you know, on the, on the internet that, uh, you know, these people are in the heart of it and they're reporting. And this is like a new age where we're actually seeing things like on the phone. This is the first time that's really Real happened. Like, yeah, 2014, when they went after uh, Crimea, like it wasn't, pe some people had the, the smartphones, but this is like our world now. This is our life. And with this comes all this propaganda from the governments, from these travel people, from uh, uh, this country, that country. Now Russia's going dark. I mean, what do you think about, this situation and is it better to just keep your mouth shut till you understand things more or should you just you know spew whatever you see so i think you got to be really careful right me personally i haven't posted anything about this whole event since it's happened because i think you could really put people at danger what i see going on in the world today is we're being we're very tribalized right you got the people who follow everything on the media and you got the people who say everything on the media is a lie it's just this this and that right and when you have guys like the red pill guy that comes out here and he's pretty much obviously on the side oh media's lying the u.s is this u.s is that it's very dangerous because at the end of the day you're putting people's lives at stake right when you're going on here saying this is all a lie this is that how many people in ukraine listen to this guy and stay when it could have got out like that's that's to me that's it's very it's just dumb it's very dumb so i think anytime there's there's war involved there's people's lives involved i think the best thing to do is sit back and just shut up like don't let the fact that you date like this this guy's a dating coach right he, he he's a dating coach Red, I okay. didn't. Coach I, I never just knew about him man. until I saw him pop up. I mean, he was oh, blowing up because okay. he was he was live streaming in there. Okay. Okay. So I think he's a dating coach, just based off his title, right? So pretty much, people are listening now to a dating coach about stuff geopolitical type stuff, right? I think that is it's it's dumb, right? You have to really listen, really pay attention to who is actually saying these things. This guy left the US probably because he didn't like the way dating was in the US. Now he's over here speaking geopolitical things. Like that's like it's it's so dumb. It's so dumb. So I me personally, I want to stay in my lane always. Yes, I am very very into geopolitics, understanding how the world works, but at the end of the day I'm still not an expert on this stuff, right? If if the US is the US intelligence is saying there's 150,000 troops on the border and they're about to invade what do I look like going on with my little self saying that it's all a lie? Like, wh what? U.S. puts how much money into military a year and I'm going to go up and say it's it's a lie? Like, that's that's so dumb. That's so dumb. So I think what's important is we have to, we have to pay attention to where we're getting that information from. Don't look at guys who have always said negative things about the U.S., about the media, whatever. You can't you can't side with these guys every time because they're going to be wrong, right? Either side, they're going to be wrong. So I think it's just you got to be careful. You have to each event that occurs, you have to look at that event 
and 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 pretty much study what's going on understand that event and and then you pick a side once you've actually done your research don't just jump to a side just because it's opposite of the narrative that's well that's because that's because though We've been lied to so many times by these experts. That is now true. people are grasping at anything because they're like, okay, the, the, maybe this is uh, truth. You know what I mean? Like a lot of people just want to be told something that's that true. makes them feel good. You know what I mean? And we got lied to the last three years about what the hell was going on with this this thing. And now someone is like, okay, maybe this QAnon stuff is right. Maybe this part is right. And, you know, it mm -hmm. is kind of scary. They grasp at it. You got to take a step back. and But it's hard, you know, like. It's hard to be a total geopolitical person and figure out everything, and it's easier to just take information you're fed. But who's to believe any of our media anymore? Know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, and that's the truth. I blame the media. It's the media's fault that this is happening. But if what I always see is if the person is always opposite of the media, I, I can't follow them, right? If somebody's always opposite of the U.S., I can't follow. If somebody's always opposite of Russia. I can't follow them, right? You have to you have to pick and choose. Sometimes the media is going to write. Sometimes they're going to be wrong, right? So you just it, the key is don't just don't be extreme on either side, right? That the dollar is going to crash. Bitcoin's the the way to go. The, everything is extremes now. Uh, it's go green, oil. Like it's 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 like come on guys, like we because at the end of the day you're getting brainwashed on both sides. You're getting brainwashed. Just because you don't believe the narrative doesn't mean you're brainwashed. You're not being brainwashed. So that's that's my point: is we can't be extremes. We have to take each event and look at it objectively. Yeah, when this thing first hit, I made some comments because uh, Germany and Italy were one of the last to act with the Swift or, or or hurting Russia with sanctions. And obviously, there's a lot going on here. They don't want to bring Russia into the dark age, and possibly something could go wrong. But I was looking at it like, wow. For the last 20 years, you guys have been preaching this kind of woke, you know, we all love each other, green energy, this and that. And then, bang, when shit hits the fan, they were, like, scared to do deals. They didn't want to disrupt the, the Russian oligarchies. They didn't want to do this and that. I'm like, oh, my God. So all this talk that had been going on, like, there was no action behind it. Now, they finally came around because there's so much uh, pressure, public pressure, I think, mm -hmm. which they've done an amazing job. The Ukrainian government, who else is involved with this, about – getting people on their side. I mean, there's people in foreign countries traveling to Poland, getting on trains to the Ukrainian border, getting armed by the Ukrainian government to go fight for Ukraine. People from USA. I saw one from Portland, um, from uh, Ireland. Uh, I mean, that is crazy to think about. Like, why would someone do that? You know what I mean? Like, that, that is trippy. But going back to my point, when this thing first hit off, it was trippy seeing, like, the real world hit. Know what I mean? Like reality. All of a sudden, you know, equality and feminism, it went out the door. They said, if you're 18 to 60, you stay, you fight, you die for this country if you're a male. Everyone else, you know, get out. And I think that's great. I mean, that's what it ha should happen. A man fights for his country. The woman and the children, you can go and, you know, survive. But um, when this was all happening, dude, I was like, oh, my God. Like the fairy tale we were living in for, you know, for so long just got popped. And reality hits and everyone kind of shut their mouth and said, okay, let the professionals or let the people that um, can handle shit, you know, get to work. What would you think about that? Yeah, man, honestly, it's small town America's values were proven right. That's all I'm going to say. Energy independence, arming, what was Ukraine doing? Arming their citizens. All that was proven right. So that's something I would say Europe, especially Western Europe, 
has just been oblivious about for the past 30 years is is like guys there's always going to be a threat it's, this is human nature people are addicted to power right so we, we you can't lay your guard down and look what germany did right you brought up the example of like this whole time it's about green energy this that and that but as soon as it start happening, Germany said they're going to start spending 2% or greater on their defense now, right? So it's like this war, this is why war is honestly, I'm not going to say it's good for society, but it really, really shapes the way the world works, right? Because at the end of the day, that's a language that everybody knows is death, right? Physical, that, that language everybody knows and everybody usually straightens up when the times like this happen. So I think this is a great wake-up call for Europe uh, and honestly Americans as well, right? Energy independence. We got 10% of our oil from Russia, which makes absolutely no sense. It makes absolutely no sense when we have all of the resources here. We're, we're cutting out the pipeline from Canada so we can depend more on Russia. So this is why we have presidents like Trump to come out and say, Putin is it's it's smart. He's not saying he's smart for what he's doing, but he's saying that he's see he, he's using leverage, right? He knows that Europe depends on on them for oil. We know the U.S. still depends ten percent on them for oil, and he's using that as leverage to do what he's doing. He knows we're not going to really do anything outside of outside of sanctions because we depend so much on them. So it's um it's 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 a reality check for sure what's going on, and um, it's it's very funny to see that it takes this for people to wake up. I mean, it's not funny, it's actually pretty sad, but I definitely think the American values have definitely been proven right. Small town, American values. Yeah, and when you go back to normal, I think people, I mean, we'll see what kind of happens yeah, forget in, about in it the again. future. Yeah, but that's why people, you just gotta look at it and just not let it affect you and, and, and laugh about it because like, it is so silly. Like the reality to like this fantasy world that we were getting into, but, a comment I want to make is uh, you're right, though. Like the Putin and them have been playing this for a while. They've been stacking gold. They've been uh, making their alliances with China bigger and better. And and I don't know if he I mean, people forget that Poland got taken by the Germans in a month. And that was like the fastest thing in the world. You know, the blitzkrieg and whatnot. It's only been like two weeks in Ukraine. And everyone was bashing Russia for not taking Ukraine in like two days. You know what I mean? So everyone was saying all oh, Putin's plan has, has fallen and, and whatnot. And it's a total disgrace. But I, I just wonder if he did plan for like the economic uh, uh, nuclear bomb of the SWIFT thing, where they literally took them off the, the world, basically. I mean, Russians can't use Visa, so they can't use MasterCard. The ruble is shot down. Um, all their yachts are being taken. The Russian oligarchies, like, I mean, this is kind of trippy for like people like me and you, right? If we want to invest in foreign places or even, let's say, the world turn against America and just shut us off from, from the world. I think we do, you know, a little bit better because we can probably supply our own um, resources and lifestyle there. But I mean, just like that, like nomad capitalists has been talking about having a backup plan because, I mean, one day your your money is worthless. And I was just like that. And you can't even use a credit card. How are you supposed to eat? I mean, it's crazy. Diversifying, man, that is very key. And that's the one thing I probably like most about nomad capitalists is he really, he really hits home, hits on that is have three properties all over the world, diversify, because you don't know when things like this are gonna happen. We don't know when it's gonna be our turn, right, for this to happen to us. So I think that's very, very important, is always have 
things set up in multiple different resources or multiple different like things that don't always like depend on each other. So Bitcoin, you have your crypto, you have your regular money and you have something else, right? Your gold as well, because you don't know. You just don't know. None of us are experts. No one sees the future. Nobody. So the key is just diversify. And um, yeah, we're seeing that today. That is very important. Even though it's not happening to us, we're seeing what's happening to the Russian people. It's not it's not their fault. Right. It's not their fault, but it's very unfortunate. Yeah, I mean, we're 20 minutes, 20 minutes into this, and I should probably update the situation here because I titled this <laughs> live from the Polish border. Um, overall, it seems somewhat back to normal. Uh, the only big difference is like the price of meat went up like 10 percent. Um, the people within this time. Are a lot yeah, within this time. Yeah, period, okay. with, within the, within the time period. I mean, so before. They invaded. People weren't really worried. Also, when they invaded, like people were running to the banks. Like every bank I saw, they were doing like bank runs. And you know, the people I'm here with were calling me saying, "Hey, you know, you know, if you want to leave, you can leave." And but we think it's gonna be okay. And then the the crazy news was they were saying like this town has got 300,000 people in it. They were saying uh, by the time they take in the Ukrainian refugees, it's gonna be 1.2 million, and that there's like a flood of them, you know, coming across the border. And so far, like, I haven't seen many. I don't know if they're getting rerouted to, to different uh, cities. I've talked to, like, uh, the Bolt drivers, the Uber drivers, and a lot of them are kind of like, hey, I'm just going to keep driving, and we hope it doesn't happen. Uh, if it does, it is what it is. Like, uh, it seemed like after that first day, the the, the scared, the panicness kind of went away, and uh, they got back to their tough Slavic roots and I was seeing people in uh, military fatigues walking around. So like ex-military, I think they put the fatigues on and, and whatnot. Uh, I was talking to some people who, and they said like their family, you know, they're worried about their family because they said if the Russians come, like they're going to die, they're going to kill as many as they can. Like there's some deep hatred here in Poland for some, uh, for the Russians, you know, obviously the past history in the Soviet Union, but um, I don't know. It, but, but it does seem kind of weird now, like, all the weapons and everything is coming through Poland and all the help, you know, to Ukraine. And it's like, it's almost like they're poking the bear, like Russia, touch us, do something. Cause obviously Poland's in NATO. And uh, that's what I got to like, okay, then I might have to get uh, the second, uh, the, the first flight out of here, you know, cause I got the passport, but I, I don't know what they're trying to. So like, I, the more I thought about it, it's like, okay, they want to stop him from taking Ukraine. But if he doesn't take Ukraine and he's, sanctioned out of the world and his country is dying i mean why are you putting him into a corner you don't think he'll blow up i mean i mean he seems a little like history is very important and he's not going to go out like uh the b word right so i'm worried like why are they pushing him so hard what are they trying to get at here so me personally i think poland's a big big target i think if he were to go past Ukraine, obviously there's the Baltics, but I think to set off things to World War III, I think Poland's gonna be the place. So would you say people in like the Polish society, like where you're at, do they believe that? Like, do they see themselves as a target or is it still like, it's it's not gonna happen? I know you touched on it a little bit, but like generally speaking, the average person, do they think they're a target? Not anymore. I think maybe the first day they're like, oh, there's a chance, you know, Russia could come here, but I don't think, no. I mean, they were, they were setting up a lot of uh, – so I'm on the Belarus and Polish border, right? And they were setting up a bunch of Russian, like, artillery and, like, tanks and troop movement, like, on a city right across the border. 
you know, but that was like a week and a half ago. And uh, which is another point is um, I was talking to someone over there who had a student visa and uh, they were on uh, their little holiday break or winter semester break. I don't know. And so they're in Belarus with their family. Right. And then the war hit off and uh, she's like, oh, shit, I want to get back. Like, I don't want to be here. Like, I want to be in Poland and it's safer. And and so she smuggled herself over here and got in here safe, safely. And now she's working to get like her family um, like visas somehow. And her brother is uh, in the military. And I think he might have got sent to Ukraine to fight with the, you know, the Russians because Belarus is like a puppet state or whatnot. And then another one is um, her family is in the nearby town just across the border. And she's been doing all the visa work, paperwork, trying to get refugee status for her family, like super stressed out. Right. And what she also told me is at school, like she's like the outcast now because everyone knows she's Belarusian and they're like, oh, mm-hmm. like they're and she's like, hey, I don't support this. You know what I mean? But she I mean, they, that this is getting tribal now. Like, you know, when shit hits the fan, you know, the human nature kind of comes out. Yeah, that's why. Hey, like to answer your question. Like- to answer your question, though, is I don't think. The majority of people think uh, Russia's coming. Yeah, that's scary because every every geopolitical podcast that I listen to about this whole situation, Poland gets brought up and being a big target. And like you said, they're literally poking, right? Like they're just trying to transfer um, Russian jets, like Russian uh, Soviet Union jets to Ukraine. And it's like, you think Putin is going to like that? Like, how is Putin just going to sit back and like the fact that Poland's sending over jets to Ukraine? So it's scary. It's very scary, especially because I, I really like Poland. I have a lot of people, friends in Poland. So I've definitely been in their ear. Like, yo, if this were to continue, I think Poland is is next for sure. I, if it's obviously it might be Baltics, it's a little bit easier. But I think to really piss off NATO, piss off the U.S., I, I could see something happening in Poland. I think maybe too but they're they're pushing. Wrong. I think maybe too they're pushing uh, the bear because they saw like how bad the logistics were probably with the Russians with the tanks running out of gas and again like I just said it took uh, Germany a month to to take all of Poland back in World War II and that was considered super fast. But um, mm-hmm. maybe uh, uh, NATO and the West is seeing like okay he's using all these Soviet tanks or the Soviet guns, they can't refuel it. Like maybe he's not as dangerous as we thought. And let's, uh, let's uh, send in some different things or let's see if he'll make another move. But again, I'm, I'm speaking like I'm in the CIA rooms. I have no fucking clue. Right. Yeah. But and I that, can speak from my experience. Huh? And that's what's scary about it. Right. That the media is saying this, that like they're, they're reporting on this, right. The Russians are not doing as good of a job, blah, blah, blah. And that's when I think is going to set Putin off to start using the big boys. And so it's, I don't like that they're talking about this because you think Putin's just going to sit back and, and accept the fact that the rest of the world saying the Russian army is weak, or is he going to start dropping nuclear weapons and stuff like that to prove a point? So it's, that's, that's the scary part. And I think he's at the point to, like you said, we're putting him in the corner. He has nothing to lose. So and that's been my, that's been my theory. My theory for like, the, the history and from what I've heard around here and from my travels and meeting Russians and meeting Belarusians and Polish people is like Russia is very prideful and you know, it's like the empire is on its last legs. You know, NATO has totally gone to their borders. You know, they made the pact supposedly spoken word that NATO will not go on the Russian borders. And obviously Russia didn't go with the, uh, uh, 
the Ukraine pact where they said, hey, take out the missiles. So both sides have been uh, clowning each other, right? But, you know, NATO, I mean, Russia is nowhere near what they were back in the day. And I think Russia is kind of like, okay, if I don't make a move now, like what's going to happen to Russia? And I don't think Putin wants to be the one in history that you know, the Russians became third world. You know, they pretty much are now because they're out of the whole economic system. So I think that's been my whole idea is like, okay, this dude is like, this is the last chance I got to save Mother Russia. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, by no means 100% is this Russia's fault. Like, we've done a lot of things wrong. And and he does have a lot of, like, fair points on. He also has to protect his own people. Us, we wouldn't accept Russia teaming up with Mexico or Canada. Like, we would. you think the U.S. would just sit back and let that happen? Hell no. Hell no. So he has a lot of valid points. Do I do I like what he's doing? No, I don't at all. But um, it he's definitely in a point to where I think this is probably the most scary time, definitely of, of my lifetime. Uh, to where I think he he just doesn't care because Russia at this point they can't pull back. If they pull back, they look like losers, right? They they've already you know up to the up to the to head in in um whatever and. I can't even think of the word right now, but um, so there's no coming back. So I think this is probably really dangerous. And us as a society, I think we can't get emotional because what I see is going on, we're getting emotional and that's how war starts. That's how like the U.S. gets involved, EU gets involved is when things start getting emotional. We start seeing what's going on. We're like, oh, we need to do something about it. We need to shut down the skies. We need to do that. And I think that would be probably the worst thing for us if we were to shut down the skies because we shut down the skies that means we're shooting at russia and that means we're directly in engage with the conflict so i think it's this time is when we can't get emotional about this and that's why i try not to get on youtube talk too much when i like i see stuff going on because i know i'm, I'm emotional at that point so i try to like stay off of youtube whatever because this is this is very dangerous times to be in we got to be really well, careful. This is the this is the point too, though. I, I think I brought it up a little earlier. Is like the amount of propaganda. I mean, if you go on Reddit, if you go on the Twitters, if you go on, dude, they're banning Russian football players. They're banning uh, anything Russian everywhere. FIFA is taking Russia out of the game. It's like it's something is weird when it, the propaganda is this crazy. Like I said, I understand it's a tool. It's a warfare tool. But like Ukraine uh, tweeted at Coca Cola and Pepsi. Saying don't drink Coca-Cola anymore because they're staying in Russia. Drink Pepsi because they left Russia. I mean, what? Like, what does this have to do with about a, a drink company now? And then uh, all the apples, the McDonald's, everyone's getting out. Uh, and like the whole world, it's like, you know, 98% of the people are like, okay, Russia bad, you know, but like out of nowhere, like all of a sudden it was like, a, it was like, it had to have been put in place. Like they had to have been ready for this sort of machine to operate. Like, dude, the ghost of Kiev. The airplane that shot down like seven things. I saw a million articles on that. Um, fuck you, uh, warship Russia thing. There's uh, murals all over the world of, of that situation in Odessa. Some uh, Ukrainian yelled at him. I saw this video of a father uh, staying to fight while his kid and his uh, his wife got on the bus to leave. And it was like, it felt really weird, bro. Like, why are you right here, like, recording this whole thing? And it kind of like, look, I don't want to say it, but like acting. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And then this Zelazinski, yeah. you know, the Ukrainian guy, dude, like, you know, he's like the superhero. Everyone's painting him out to be like, uh, like in a Marvel movie. And I'm like, okay, 
Yeah. Okay. Russia could be totally wrong. I'm not disagreeing it. Like I don't like war, etc. But the amount of propaganda, dude, is like really trippy, and it's like making me kind of question. Okay, what what really is going on here? And you know, I don't know. What do you think about that? Because I mean, that's all you've been seeing. Have you seen besides a couple of those guys in the YouTube thing? You know, that one guy. Everyone has been pro. You know, Ukraine. I mean, there's not, there's yeah. only two sides of the story. Is there not? Like this this guy can't oh, yeah, be the most evil person true. in the world, Putin. No, I don't think I don't think Putin's evil necessarily. Obviously, he's killing people, so that's that's pretty evil. But generally speaking, there's two sides. Like you said, it's two sides to the story. So I think it's important to understand what's going on. And I listened to a podcast the other day of this libertarian, and he pretty much was just breaking down everything we've done in the U.S. Like the, what the U.S. has done to Russia since World War II, right? And probably I would say the U.S. has done probably worse to Russia than Russia has done to us. So I definitely understand that fact. But from speaking from the Ukrainian people's perspective, I agree with the propaganda because the propaganda helps them out spiritually, right? Like you you need that, you need to see that they're doing good. They're doing this, like with the the, the Ukrainian military saying they killed 10,000 Russians, whereas the Russians say only 500 have died. So it's like, you need that to keep society going. So I understand why it's going on. Obviously, it's pretty pretty clear that it's propaganda. I'm not sure about the the. Are you saying that the ones with the the guys on the island is that also you saying that's propaganda as well? Or are you saying it's just being blown no, out of like proportion? yeah? How big is blown up, dude? Like they're taking okay. like the yeah, ghost yeah, yeah. of Kiev and they're they're talking about okay, who's gonna play him as the actor in the next movie? And yeah, it's just like yeah. what? Let's go on. And, here. and here's the crazy part. Yeah. Here's the crazy part, dude. I've always known about, okay, the Russian troll farms, the Eastern European troll farms, like the India troll farms where, you know, you can make someone, uh, they can comment from bots, like a million comments on a video and totally destroy somebody. But I watched a movie recently in Poland, a Polish film called The Hater, about a company like this that was doing it for politics. And they also went after a fit fitness influencer. And it really got me thinking, like, there's a chart, Okay. 1% of people do what we're doing right now. They contribute. They put out uh, content. They're like the heavy contributor people. 9% are the semi-commenters, um, like the people that comment on Facebook uh, posts, right? The people that uh, will comment on the Foreign Strategies YouTube videos, but they're not putting out content like us, right? And then 90% of people are lurkers. They don't do nothing. You know, maybe they update their status. But they just look at everything. They're reading Reddit. They're watching YouTube videos. They never like a video. They never comment a video. That's most people, right? So who attracts the 1%? The 1% people are different. Like, what kind of weirdos are we, you know, going on here right now talking about this? And, you know, they're, they're, they tick differently, right? So their opinions probably aren't the majority of opinions or the normal opinions, quote unquote. But it makes it seem like, oh, yeah, like, uh, like uh, for example, like the transsexual stuff. That's like point what, 0.5% of America, but it was one of the biggest uh, deals in politics, right? It's similar like with this, like whoever creates content, the stuff they talk about, you know, the, the commenters comment on it and 90% of the lurkers, that's what their focus is, right? But that could be totally, you know, skewed because of, uh, you know, these troll bot farms and these weird um, influencers that maybe are bought out or paid for. And so... I don't know. Like I'm trying to look at this from like a step back. I'm trying to zoom out and not get caught up in, in all the emotions and whatnot. And to me, it's just really weird. Like what is kind of happening here? So what's your position on, I know you say you took a step back. So what's your position on why Putin's invading Ukraine? 
I think it's the the last leg. Like if he doesn't make a decision now, like Russia's done. NATO's gonna go right to his borders. They're gonna, you know, put Russia into a little, you know, like a just a clown place. I mean, it is kind of like what does they call it, paria state, where it's run by gangsters, you know, a mafia state. There's a there's a term for it. You know what I mean? With the oligarchies and whatnot, but. I mean, I think like Russia is like literally on its last legs. You know, look at China. China, you know, is way bigger than Russia now. So, do you think after you after Ukraine, you think he's going to continue? I I don't think so. I think because if he can take Ukraine, he's got all the um, food supply that Europe depends mm-hmm. on. All this stuff, by the way, like gas prices through the roof. Uh, you, know, I just told you, ten percent of the meat went up. Like, you know, it's it's crazy how. They were so dependent on him in the first place, and they didn't like mm-hmm. think about that, which is weird too. Um, no, I think if he gets Ukraine, well, here's my problem now: if he's totally sanctioned out of everything, and his people are you know poor as hell, and they don't make a new uh, reserve currency, which they're, that's another topic I want to get onto with uh, China mm-hmm. and start trading with just China and different countries. Okay, then he has to do something because he can't rebuild. Even if he has Ukraine and Russia, mm-hmm. they're, they have, they're cut off from the world uh, economics. Like, how the fuck can you survive? You know what I mean? So maybe he has to do more after that. But hopefully they can, hey, give me what I want from Ukraine. Let's make a deal. And they, maybe they put the Iron Curtain back up and things kind of go in the Cold War, you know, type deal for a while. Okay. So what if he loses? What if he thinks on his plan and he doesn't take Ukraine? Do you think China is going to still buddy up with them? Because at the end of the day, China is also going to look bad, right? China also has an image display to the world. If China is teaming up with Russia, Russia didn't even do what it's trying to do with Ukraine. How's that going to make China look? So China's been backstabbing them. Yeah, exactly. China. I don't think they've been coming through like the way they thought they would come through. No, so, no, no. I, China, not, China's like we disagree. Theory. We disagree. Yeah, that's China's that's the biggest liars scary. in the world. Oh yeah, yeah. They, they don't care about Russia, obviously, right? And it's like their economy is smaller than Texas. Like the, the economy of Russia is, is probably even smaller now. So it's like what China has a lot more to lose teaming up with Russia than, you know, what, what they have to gain. So but that's when it gets dangerous because at the end of the day, he still has nukes. But um, it's it's very interesting. So, yeah, let's hop into the I know you said something about the um, the them creating their own currency. How do you think that's going to go about? Okay, no, the world reserve currency. And there was a great thing. Uh, this dude wrote a book just recently. He posts out, posted a, a condensed YouTube video on it. It's like the principles of uh, adapting to world change. And he basically went throughout history and looked at the empires, right? And uh, he really studied on the last 500 years, so more the modern um, type age and the industrial revolution and whatnot. And so he basically did uh, the Dutch, the British, and then the USA and the timeline about how they become the world power. And once you get to the world power, like soon after um, you had the world uh, reserve currency. So like before it used to be the Dutch's money, then it was the British, you know, the pound. And then it became the USA after Bretton Woods uh, agreement in World War II. And if you have the world reserve currency, everyone's got to basically do uh, deals in uh, your money. So like uh, if Japan wants to buy something from Brazil, they do it in dollars, you know what I mean? So, you know, the USA can, you know, print more dollars because people are going to, you know, countries are going to buy the reserves, right? Because they can use them. And and now they're saying because Russia getting cut off from this economic thing, you know, how are they going to do business with all their oil? 
you know, are they going to go for the one, the Chinese one or whatever, or are they going to, you know, go Saudi Arabia that with that oil money? And like, how is this all going to work? And how does the USA mm-hmm. get cut out of it? And maybe people don't have as much faith in the USA because they literally dropped a nuke on a country, basically saying you can't be in any economic uh, discussion with us anymore. And uh, so he was basically going over kind of where the USA has been headed. And it's a crazy chart, bro. Like, and he shows examples mm-hmm. from the past and the history and, we're kind of like going down here, obviously, while well, China's coming up. But uh, mm-hmm. the world reserve currency usually goes out with a bang because people go to war for it, basically. They don't want to lose it, and then the winner takes it again. I'll link the video in uh, the show notes, but mm-hmm. it was really fascinating because, like, it basically, you know, we've had a pretty nice life having the world reserve currency. You know what I mean? Like, the dollar, you can go anywhere with it, basically. Like, you know, I was in Brazil. You were in Brazil. Like, our currency... Sh- I mean, shit's on the rehi. I mean, it's just, it's beautiful. I have the dollar, but yeah, that's one thing I worry about. Like, okay, if you take the dollar, you know, my little cushy life is about to get real. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. That's, that's why at the end of the day, right. With this whole conflict going on, right. Obviously the U S isn't innocent. Right. But at the end of the day, my livelihood depends on the U S doing well. So I, at the, you have to pick a side, U.S., Russia. My livelihood's with the U.S. So yes, they're not doing anything right, but I'm team USA. But because like you said, if, if things change, things are going to completely change for us tremendously. So this also brings back the point of diversifying. If you're in things like Bitcoin, if you're in things like that, you could, if you have Bitcoin, you could sell that for XYZ currency. If it's if it's the yen in 20 years, you can sell it for the yen, right? And live a good life. So this always goes back to diversifying at the end of the day. But um I think I don't I don't see the the US using a reserve currency in my lifetime. And if it does, I don't see humans existing because like you said, it's going to end with war. There's nuclear bombs now. The the, the US is not going to sit back and lay, let China take over the world reserve. It's simply not going to happen. It's simply not going to happen. All right. And if it does, from, from within, that's, from within, that's, that's how it gets destroyed. Yeah. It's from within. And that's what he talks within. about. This principles, this rate. Yeah. America gets destroyed from within. And that's what he talks about in this, uh, like uh, the huge wealth gap. Okay. Um, all these weird little movements and separate separatist groups. And, and this is how he's like, um, it's, it's really in depth. It's pretty, pretty fascinating, but yeah, I don't think you're just going to give over the world reserve currency, especially with the, the biggest military probably in all of history. Right. But exactly. yeah, not in our lifetime, but like that nomad capitalist said too, is like setting up your future, you know, uh, offspring and whatnot, but even like the growth, bro, like the growth isn't too crazy in the USA. I mean, maybe the housing market, but like people our age, dude, they're broke. I mean, there's been studies oh, about yeah. how much millennial, how much wealth millennials have. Um, Gen Z, the uh, the gig economy. Um, so, I mean, we're seeing signs of it. Like, there's there's the super super rich, and then a lot of us younger people, we're trying to grab onto some sort of percentage of it. Is he saying in the book? Does he talk about like another country's currency is going to take over, or is he just saying it's going to be more like? even like what would they call it like a world or a global currency or whatever where everybody's technically on the same thing like which ones he says another country's gonna take over or is it gonna be more even it's more global that's normally how it works is someone takes over but okay. again like so things he's saying change in history okay, okay yeah, I, I didn't read the book true. i'm looking at the youtube video oh you have things change oh, okay. 
and usually there's a top dog. But um, with this new world of like interconnection and whatnot, and if they go like with the the government cryptocurrency type stuff, and you know maybe you can have like a sphere of influence for the dollar works over here, and then the wands over here. Mm-hmm. So maybe you can split it up a little bit. But he was going back like yeah. to the Romans and shit, and it was more practical for the last like 500 years because back then it was a little different. It wasn't as a world uh, economy globalism and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But it's fascinating. Exactly. I, I probably should read the book, but the, the video is really good. Yeah, I definitely think it's going. We're going to a more multipolar world for sure. Uh, but yeah, the, the world, the world, the global currency. That's going to be an interesting topic to watch because I don't. I just, I just can't see how it's going to decouple uh, anytime soon. I just can't see it because it's funny. Like when events like this happen, the dollar actually gets stronger. More people actually buy into more dollars. So like when you think the reverse should be happening. <laughs> the opposite is happening. So I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Yeah, like um the euro to the dollar right now, it's at uh 0.92. So um one dollar wow. or, or one euro is uh, 92 cents, and that's pretty high. Like it hasn't been one dollars one euro for about 20 years, but it's been the last year it went from 0.84 to now it's 0.92. So we'll see. I don't know, like I'm happy we got the military behind us. And that's what I'm saying. A lot of people like bitch about the CIA and, you know, um, uh, American imperialism. But, bro, I mean, we benefited. I mean, you, you in Mexico, benefit. dude, they even like the people that had the good jobs, we talk about it. They're working like six days a week, like 12 hours, and they're making $1,000 a month. Uh, I mean, in Brazil, $500 a month. I mean, it's, bro, that, that's, it's, <laughs> we got lucky. Yeah, we got lucky. We're very lucky because as a society, we're not more productive than anywhere else. It's literally we make more money just because we're the world reserve company. People can finance our debt, so losing that is America's over. <laughs> As I say, America's over if we lose that. So that's why I, I just can't see it changing. <laughs> um, one of the points I missed here is uh, because this goes in for people like me and you is that Brittany Griner. So she's playing. Uh, here's what's funny: the WNBA players they go overseas in the off season, and they make more money. It's crazy, right? But she was playing in uh, in Russia, and I guess she got caught at the airport. This is like three weeks ago, so you know, close to when the, this thing started, with uh, like hash oil in her bag, and they arrested her, they detained her, and um, it was three weeks before anyone found out about this because the war hit off. And uh, I mean, mm-hmm. imagine that though, bro. She's in Russia when this thing is going on. Russia shut off from the rest of the world. Like, you're fucked. That's crazy. Yep. Yeah, she's she's from Houston, Texas. So yeah, it's been it's been big news here. But honestly, that's one of the things I hate the most about traveling is because you don't have the same rights. I don't care how much you think the other country is better than your country. People don't care about you there at the the end of the day. You are not you're going to be cared for much more at home than you have in other countries. So you definitely have to move differently uh, other places. But the timing of this, her getting caught when this is happening, it honestly, I blame her. I, blame, I, I honestly blame her. When you travel, you honestly, I don't, I don't push any limits. I'm yes, sir, no, sir. And that's, that's literally not who I am at all as a person. But when I'm overseas, yes, sir, no, sir. I'm not fighting with anybody. My pride, I throw my pride out the door, everything. Because guys, you have, you have no rules, especially in places like Russia, especially places like Russia. It's like that you, you're going to be used as like a tool. To, like you're you're a tool to them against the American government, so that's the biggest tip, guys. Is when you're overseas, 
throw your pride out. It's, it's not worth it. Your pride is not worth it when you're overseas. Dude, that's a great point. Like, um, we've been, I've been going out to the bars here in this town. And, you know, when these Polish people drink, like they get drunk, right? And like, let's say you're with a Polish girl, you know, maybe it's like, oh, who does this guy think he is coming here, taking our girls and whatnot? And I, I kind of got where well, there's something that happened a couple different times over here, you know, when we're heading out. And um, like, maybe when I was younger in the States, all oh, my pride and, you know, but here I don't give a fuck. I'm like, dude, look, why am I going to, why am I going to fight with you? I mean, first of all, you make what, $500 a month? This is a waste of my fucking time. Like I could be out here tomorrow. Like, I don't care if you run this city. It's not a big deal to me at all. And um, that's a, a big mindset thing. It's like, there's no reason. That was like in Brazil too. I was like, dude, I don't give a fuck about you. Like I, you can be tough guy here. I'm going to be on a jet. I'm going to be on a plane tomorrow and do whatever the hell I want. Like, what are you talking about? You're going to sit here. You're going to work at your fucking shitty job. Like, I don't want to be mean, but just put your pride aside. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You have you have no rights in these other places. No rights. They can throw you in jail, throw the keys away. Simple as that. But yeah, that's yeah. that's that's where weird timing, man. Weird timing if that happened during this time. But um, yeah, man. So what's the uh, what's the move for you if uh, things were to get spicy uh, in that part of the world? Are you dipping out? Are I've been you, uh, I've been kind of thinking. Uh, well. So I stayed in Italy after the COVID hit when everyone left, like literally everyone. And, and Trump said, if you don't leave now um, for the next 30 days, there's no flights. Like you're stuck. And I'm like, yeah, I'm staying here. And it turned out to be like the most coolest decision I ever made because, you know, I was in Italy with nobody. Right. You know, I was on the Spanish steps all alone, the Trevi found the mafia mm -hmm. coast. So that's in the back of my head. And, uh, I don't think the Russians are going to come here. If they do, I'll get out. I don't know where I'm going to go. I'm not going back to the States. I'll probably go to like uh, mm -hmm. Morocco, but maybe that's not far enough away. I think the only places that safe yeah. is South America. The bombs aren't going to be hit yeah, over there. That's what I'll say. That's the safest place in the world to be is South America. They, they don't yeah. mess with anybody. It just <laughs> only thing South America is worried about is domestic problems, which is nice. That's very nice. <laughs> so yeah, South America is a place to be, man. So you're thinking about going back to uh, Florinopolis, huh? Eventually? Turkey for sure. Turkey for sure this Turkey. summer. And around October, I'm going to go somewhere. Yeah. We're in Turkey. Yeah, I'm going to go to Antalya. It's like the Turkish Actually, Riviera. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice and here's area. a great thing. All the Russians usually go vacation there, and now they can't. So I'll have more options. Uh, but, um, <laughs> yeah, I'm going to fuck around in Turkey and then – I'll decide. I mean, I'll probably go back to South America. I want to go to Asia, actually, but it depends on this whole uh, Corona thing. If, if that thing is out the table, then I'll go back to South America. I don't know. I mean, I was telling you, bro, like last night I was thinking about Florianapolis. And I remember a dude told me whose wife is from there. He's like, dude, you're never going to want to leave. Like, I'm telling you. I'm like, yeah, whatever. And I was thinking, bro, like this place was literally paradise. It was ridiculously cheap. There was so many beautiful women and it was safe. Where else in the world is that possible? Very few places. That's why we need to keep Florinopolis on a low. <laughs> yeah. Like it's it's dude, it's crazy. And a lot of people don't know about that place, man. A lot of people don't know about it. It's crazy. It's 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 a great place, man. I I can't blame you. But um, let's say American, right? They're looking to travel to Eastern Europe. Would you recommend them go right now, like to a place like Poland, Hungary, Romania, or would you say wait? Yeah, I don't think. 
it depends on the, if you like this weather. Like right now, it's what 35, okay. 40. Like I'm, I, I get depressed in this weather. But um, yeah, yeah. I, I think uh, I saw some deals. So I'm thinking about going to Gdansk uh, in the north of Poland this weekend, and deals okay. were like 40 percent off. So I think a lot of people are staying away, and I think there's cheap flight mm-hmm. tickets, you know, getting into Poland. So yeah, I, I mean, I, dude, you're gonna be fine. Like Russians are gonna say. If they come over here, it's not like they're just going to drop a bunch of bombs all over the country, right? They're going to let people get out like they did in the Ukraine. They're still letting people out, mm-hmm. right? So, I mean, mm-hmm. as long as you're not in a border town like me, maybe, I think you'll be fine. They don't yeah. just bomb the whole yeah. city. They bomb strategic yeah. parts. Like, they'll bomb, like, the airports. Mm-hmm. They'll bomb, you know, where they think the military is at. So, even if they, if they come mm-hmm. here, you have time to get out. But what about but from a panic standpoint? Like you said, people were drawing money, food shelves. Like, I know in Serbia. Food shelves are empty. So from that standpoint, you think it's okay? From like a panic, like yeah. people aren't overbuying, stuff like that, you think that's okay? Not part of the world? No, I mean, I'm going to the cafe every day um, mm-hmm. the past like two weeks and the, the mood is just mm-hmm. a chill cafe. And like I talk to people and stuff and it's like I said, the, the worry is kind of got out of the way and they're like, this is what it is. We're going to deal with it okay. and go from there. Okay. Okay. Awesome. No, so I was, I was talking to you asking. too. Yeah, get your ass over here. Yeah, I'm asking. Myself. Yeah, I'm asking that for myself as well. Because uh, I was, like I said, I was planning on doing Poland for three months, uh, particularly Warsaw. But I heard like ATMs, grocery stores, all that stuff was being raided, and it's like I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to pay to go deal with that. But if that calms, I'll probably wait. I'll say I was going to wait until uh, early May to make a decision. Uh, just see, because I feel like stuff is going to start back up here soon. I think things have been quiet this past week. I feel like things are going to heat up again soon. So, we'll wait, see. you're going to come to Poland uh, in in May? You're going to stay in Poland for the summertime? For like three months, yeah, May, June, July. Yeah, Bro, yeah. you got to get on the Mediterranean. I, Mediterranean. I, uh, uh, no, we'll see. I, I, I've already done Mediterranean in the summertime, so. So, I mean, Poland's good in the summertime, weather-wise. I, I, uh, actually, I was here in the fall. I've been in the fall in, in Poland huh. uh, a couple years ago. But, dude, no, summer in Europe, 60, the Mediterranean. Uh, yeah, I you mean, never, I you never. Yeah, good, good, good. <laughs> yeah, I, I'll definitely visit. I'll definitely visit. But, uh, yeah, we'll see. But it's it's other reasons why I'm going there. <laughs> I'll, tell, I'll tell you offline. But, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Uh, well, if it's about girls, I, my my roommate, um, African American dude, and yeah, dude, like, I think uh, a lot of uh, well, the Eastern Europe or the 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 West or yeah, the Eastern European, all that kind of stuff. It's like uh, exotic, kind of similar to Scandinavian. And some girls are like, oh, I want to try, you know. But you got to be careful though. Like even me, I know he's been getting looks, but like even me on the street, like the dudes, I'm in like the way traditional part of Poland, like, like the old school Poland. Like they're and they know you're pretty, not Polish. But- yeah, they can yeah. Look I mean, the way I dress and stuff. Okay. Yeah, both. Oh. And, but he gets, dude, he's been telling me he's getting looked at. I've been with him, and people kind of, like, eye him down. Like, there's not many black people in the city at all. So, I mean, if you're a black dude, you know, you got to be – Warsaw's easy, though. Warsaw, Krakow, I think. But you've been here. You know that, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, those places are pretty chill. Yeah, but, yeah, small towns are different in a whole different world. Whole different world. But – uh. Hi, yeah, boss. Well, hey, I appreciate you coming on here. Yeah, man. It's a good show. I appreciate uh, you. Appreciate it. Good combo. You hear me? I want to see uh, foreign. I want to see foreign strategy start posting again. Make sure to check out T Bob's channel. Really good channel. And, uh,
Hello? We're lagging. Okay, I can hear you now. We're good. Okay. I was saying make sure to check out your channel. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, definitely check out Foreign Strategies. We'll probably be back posting what's May. April, May. We'll see. Hi, T Bob. I'll talk to you later. All right, take care. Have a good one.